Hi, I'm Richard, the founder of 10 Adventures, and this is the 10 Adventures podcast. Each week, we talk to real people about real adventures as they explore this incredible planet we all live on. Welcome back to the 10 Adventures podcast. Today, we're talking about a country that is a surprising adventure destination. We're talking about Germany. While we know of the Bavarian Alps, there's a lot more to Germany. And you can find charming villages, beautiful landscapes, and a well-developed active holiday destination. Here to tell us more about Germany is Fanny Grabowski and Isabel Werner from Augustus Tours. Hi, Isabel and Fanny. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Richard. Hi, Richard. Thank you for inviting us. We're looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to learn more about Germany because I've spent time uh, going through Munich and going to Munich, but I haven't seen very much of the country. It's always one of those places that I haven't gotten to. So I can't wait to learn more about the destination. But one thing I have noticed is wherever I go in the world, there are a lot of Germans doing active holidays. And it, it seems like this, you know, getting outdoors on holidays is really important to Germans, but that's just the view of a Canadian who meets them abroad. Is there something within, you know, the German approach to travel that that makes German people more interested in active holidays? I think in general, traveling is very important to Germans um, as a, on a whole. And it's not just only keeping fit and everything, but it's also being outside, being in nature. And... Um, it can be said that, especially over the last years, um, there has been an increased interest, even more so than before, in active travel. One reason that we think um, is caused to this is the overall change in mentality across all age groups. There have are certain um, values that have become increasingly important, such as a healthy work-life balance or sustainability. And for many... A return to nature and a decelerated traveling has become their way in order to cope with all the stresses of their daily life and recharging their batteries. So we think that the active, active traveling as a whole has become or has gained even more importance to people on a whole nother level. Yeah, it's funny. I, I see that elsewhere in the world that everyone's kind of tired of just, you know, going on a bus or going on a cruise and seeing things from a window. They, they want to experience it and they want to, you know, get off the beaten path. Uh, I know Germany uh, is, is somewhat famous for having really good cycle paths where I know people who have taken their like young kids on uh, bike tours. And uh, I can't remember where exactly they went, but do you want to maybe share some of the uh, prominent bike tour paths that are in Germany that, you know, people should consider? There's a really a great variety of um, active travel as well as cycling or hiking in Germany on a whole. But some of the most or the most famous ones are, for example, the Elbe cycle path. Um, with, ours, with our office's location, only a short walking distance away from it. So it's easily said that it's our favorite one amongst the cyclopaths in Germany. Um, because like many of the others, it is really suitable for all ages. Because it is mostly a flat cycling path with little to no gradients. And it has been continuously expanded over the last few years and has a very good infrastructure, such as many of the others. 
Uh, in terms of the Elba cycle path, if someone were to want to do that, how long, you know, how long is that path? How long would it take for people to ride it? It is difficult to um, specifically give you a certain time that you should plan for a route like this along the cycle path because we are talking about a total length of about 1,270 kilometers. So um, the good thing is you can do it in either smaller sections, little stages, if you only have a certain amount of time at your disposal. Or we also have guests who are taking on the entire stage and are traveling with us for three to four weeks. It really depends on also your overall level of fitness and your personal preferences. So it's a good combination or a good psychopath, a good choice to um, offer something to everyone. And then what are some of the highlights on the Elba cycle path? Is it is it the beautiful you know, scenery? Is it charming villages? It is all of this. Um, you will find some of the landscapes, uh, fantastic landscapes, such as bizarre rock formations, um, rolling hills, everything to majestic vineyards or untouched Elba river meadows. You have a really great combination of everything. And then joining into the beauty of nature, you will find along the way are something like sometimes um, palaces, castles, cute and um, dreamy little villages, but also bigger and famous cities such as Prague or, or our beautiful Dresden, for example, or even Hamburg. So you really have a great combination of everything. Uh, one of the questions we always get about bike tours is what kind of road is it on? Is it on a dedicated cycle path? Are you sharing, you know, a road with, you know, cars, but it's like really, you know, not, not a very busy road? The majority of the cycle paths in Germany um, are along paved cycle paths. So they are really well-developed routes that you travel on. But of course, there are some smaller sections where you maybe have to detour onto a more lively road or smaller sections like through a forested area but it is really only a small part that you will travel along this because then you will be back on um, the well-developed um, and paved cycling paths. And that that's what I've heard is that people just love this you know this type of network where you're not competing with cars you're not having big lorries go by and knock you over it's really a tranquil way to cycle which isn't the norm especially here in North America but also in other parts of Europe where you're you know you're kind of on the road with with cars and and trucks where it isn't as nice Germany sounds ideal for you know people that don't like you know cycling with, with vehicles or also it's maybe their first bike tour and they don't want a bunch of different things to have to worry about yes that is definitely true um it is a safe way to travel there's you don't have to think very much um with the only danger to yourself while traveling are the cyclists so to speak but it is also usually um a really nice and relaxed way to travel and something that is also great when you travel along the Elbe River path is that you can do it on either side. So you, you're not limited to just one side of the Elbe River, but you can also switch depending on what you would like to see or experience. So this is also a great choice. And some people do it where they have panniers and they carry, you know, all their stuff in their panniers, but other people decide to go with just a normal light bike and get their luggage transferred every day. Uh, is that is that is that correct? 
Yes, um, that is also something that we offer to our guests when we organize their trips. So they have a choice of either using our luggage transfer where we um, transport their luggage between accommodations, which is the majority of the guests that like to use this because it is a very comfortable way of traveling and you have no worries whatsoever. You are not loaded down by anything and you can really focus on the cycling stage Take your time to take pictures or do a break without worrying where to put your luggage in the meantime. And once you reach your destination for the day, you are then usually your luggage will already be there waiting for you. But of course, there are also guests who prefer to travel um, with panniers, taking everything with them, um, which is usually the more experienced um, cyclists because um, they are well-equipped for cycling holidays and they are well-prepped and they don't need as much or they know um, what to take with them and what would be unnecessary. So, yeah, it's really a great way for everyone. You said something that, you know, a lot of first-time bike tours don't realize is what do you do with your bike and all your stuff when you want to take a break, if you want to go into a cafe or go into a supermarket? And when you're in a group, it's really easy. Someone watches the bikes. But if you're a solo bike tour, you know, having all your stuff on the back of your bike, it's actually super stressful. And then, you know, some places, I don't know what it's like in Germany, but some places get really upset if you break, bring your bike in, at least here in Canada. Um, and it's yes, one of those things, not having to worry about all your clothes, all your valuables, all those things, just having your bike, uh, it makes it takes it takes the stress way down, doesn't it? Exactly. And one thing also that is really great along those cycle paths, um, there are lots of and it's not only the accommodations, but really also the the cities or the vi uh, the, the villages that you will towns that you will find come across while cycling along the path they are used to cyclists. They are looking forward to welcoming them and they have um, prepped accordingly. So um, it is not that difficult or it's usually not that much of a problem if a cyclist arrives, if they are in their cycling gear or if they are coming with their panniers. And it's sometimes really funny, especially if you're looking outside to an ice vendor, that is something you will find along a cycle route, which is very popular. <laughs> if there's a fleet of about 20 to 30 um, cycling uh, bicycles outside, which is always very funny. But it's <laughs> it's a welcome surprise and it's it's the doors are always open. So it's really great. You know, that, that sounds like a great, a great bike tour. It just sounds perfect if you want to do your first one and, you know, you don't want to worry about gear. You don't want to worry about climbing big hills. You can just kind of enjoy riding your bike and seeing, you know, a beautiful part of Germany. Uh, are there other great uh, cycle paths that uh, you think people who, you know, may, maybe don't know very much about Germany should consider? There are two others that we think are also well worth considering because they also bring the length with them that is the same as with the cycle path which also provides a lot of opportunity again for everyone and they're also already known um which would the one would be um the danube cycle path um which is the danube itself is the second longest river in europe and if you were to go the entire distance of, um, which is about 2,850 kilometers, you would also be passing through eight European countries. Oh, wow. <laughs> 
this is really a, a quite the undertaking and we have had guests who have who've done similar or close to the entire route um and where does that start and end then it will be starting in germany um the german section we're looking at the danube river or the cycling path in about three sections um the part in germany um, starts from its source until um, Passau, which is about 600 kilometers. And then you will continue into Austria with the next section ending in Vienna. But then you will also continue on with Hungary, Slovakia, up to Romania. This is the last part of the Danube River. Wow. Wow. What, what a way to experience uh, a bunch of different countries and cultures is is that cycle path like the Elba, where it's you know fairly flat and, and well developed with a good infrastructure for cyclists? Yes, it is the same as um, with the Elba River. It is very well de- well developed. Um, there are again some sections because they are less known, especially the third part that uh, I mentioned towards the end, where it is more like sometimes more rural or where you have more lively roads that you will have to take <laughs> in between. But um, I mean, it's usually not that um, that much of a problem for guests that we have had the opportunity to talk with once they have done it. Is there a section that, uh, you know, you like the most or you think is is the best to ride or most popular with your guests? Well, the most popular one... Um, is actually the second part because uh, which is from Passau to Vienna in Austria um because it is essentially so to say really one of the more beautiful sections and um you will have a lot of great infrastructure as well beautiful landscapes and everything and um there is also some great opportunities that our guests use while they extend their stays either during the tour in some of the cities but most will certainly spend a few extra days at the end of their ride in Vienna. Yeah, it would be really interesting just to ride into Vienna. Like I was just when you mentioned that stage, I thought, oh, what a great way to like just come into this, you know, incredibly historic city and to do it at a, you know, a slower pace where you could appreciate going from countryside to the outskirts and the suburbs and then right into the city center. That sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> Um, and then that that stage, how long would that be for someone that wanted to do a uh, pass out to Vienna? Just kind of like an average cyclist. The overall length would be around 380 kilometers. So it can be done in about eight days. Yeah, it's usually eight to nine days, depending on whether or not you are okay with the distances that we set for you, which are usually around somewhere between... Um, 60 kilometers per day. Okay. And then uh, I've heard things about the Rhine cycle path and that being great, uh, especially if you like uh, wine, Mm -hmm. but uh, I don't know anything about the Rhine cycle path. Like how long is that one? Is that also like, are the rumors I hear of it being beautiful true? Yes. These rumors are definitely true. Um, The Rhine itself is the largest river in, or the longest river in, in Germany. And um, the cycle path itself covers a, lo- a length of around 1,200 kilometers. So again, a great choice that will that you will have, have something to offer for everyone who's interested in doing it. 
And as you mentioned, one of the highlights definitely is um, the wine, um, which is located around this in the area around the city of Mainz. And it is called the Rheinhessen wine region, very popular in Germany. And um, yeah, the great, uh, great thing to experience while traveling along these um, in these areas is that you also have always somewhere to visit a vineyard or an, an a wine estate and have a tasting and experience everything. And uh, we have received very positive response from our guests because it is something that you don't experience in every country or in every culture where you go. But um, this is a very great chance to experience this firsthand and get a taste, so to speak, of, of the local areas. And, and is the Rhine cycle path similar to the Danube or the Elba that, although it's long, you can break it up into, you know, seven or eight day sections so you can find a place you, you really like and kind of do it over a one week uh, or just a bit longer holiday? Mm-hmm. Um, this is also possible with the Rhine cycle path. It is, you can say that the, from the three paths we mentioned, it is the same for all of them because they have a great... Um, variety what you can do they offer a great uh, many varieties of tours you can do we have guests that do um, as we said shorter visits and and multiple visits to the past because they only have like seven or eight days at, at their availability but we also have others that want to go the distance and and see how far they can take it within maybe one two three weeks so it is really a great way to um, to play around with what you have at your disposal and it works out really well with all three of these psychopaths. Now one thing I've noticed here in Canada is lots of people that I know that were never cyclists have got e-bikes and they're biking all the time and it's like it's introduced cycling to like it's like doubled or tripled the number of people that like to ride a bike. Uh, but I know there's a lot of a lot of you know some places you can't ride e-bikes on you know designated cycle path. There's some issues in some countries. Can people use e-bikes in Germany on these cycle paths we've been talking about? They can and they do. It is <laughs> it is this is also one of the trends that that we have noticed over the last especially two to three years because riding e-bikes e electric bicycles has opened so many doors for people who um, were a bit afraid of doing it because they were not sure if they can make it for seven or eight days, especially our older age groups. But there are no restrictions in Germany on their cycle paths between... There is no difference between e-bikes and regular touring bikes. From what we hear... E-bikes, they, they just simply enjoy it the same way and they appreciate it even that they have this chance by or still being able to vacation in that way as well, though their mobility might be a bit decreased. So they have a great way of still being able to travel, to cycle, to experience the beautiful nature and everything that is on offer. And we are grateful for it. That is possible with, uh, within Germany. Yeah, I think it's just incredible. Just being on a bike is one of the best speeds you can travel because you have, you know, you can stop, you can look around, you can go and explore, but also like it's not so fast like a car or a train that you can't really notice what's going on, but it's faster than walking where you kind of, you know, look at the same thing for an hour. 
And yeah, I hear people, they're just like, oh, I, I, you know, they were in France, they went on like e-bike tours, like, oh, I just loved, I saw so much more on a bike. And uh, it's, it's just opened up a whole new way of traveling for people who, as you said, weren't ever comfortable sitting on a bike for, you know, four hours a day for seven days in a row. Um, my other question is, uh, I've heard that Germany is a really good destination for families for their first bike trip, where, you know, having kids who are obviously competent riding a bike can, you know, stay on their side of, of the road. But, be, you know, because it has so much infrastructure and dedicated cycle paths, that it, it's a good location, you know, to, to do a family bike trip. Do you see a lot of that on the cycle paths in, uh, in Germany? We see a lot of that, yes. Um, it is in steadily increasing the number of families that are traveling um, or using cycling as a as a way of holidays. Um, it's usually with, as you said, children above the ages of like 13, 14 who are experienced riders already. But we also have some guests who bring their babies, their toddlers with them. And they are then simply either strapped to the mom or dad, whoever, um, then has to take them. Or, yeah, it's it's really a, it's, it's a great combination of everything. And it is we see more and more of that. Yeah, no, it's it's a fun way for parents to just, you know, instead of being in a in a city or, you know, being driving around, they can just kind of get out and let the kids burn off their energy. So by the time they get into the town or the village, the kids are a bit worn out. Um, uh, what's the best time to cycle in Germany? You know, are there certain periods where it's especially rainy? Obviously, winter is probably too cold. From our experience, we say, or it can be said that usually the guests that are traveling would be between May and September. Um, that is where you will have the most activity with cycling um, holidays. In general, it can be said that the cycle paths can be passed all year round, as long as they are free of ice and snow, um, of course. But one thing to keep in mind when you should you choose the, one of the colder months to travel on or go on a cycling trip would be that you will then have to take into account that maybe some of the some of the restaurants or these recreational facilities that you find along the way may have limited um, opening hours along the way, but it's usually um, what we experience from our guests that they. They travel through May to September. Uh, that would be really fun to do like a winter or like an early spring or late autumn kind of because it would be just almost like, you know, I'd assume there's almost nobody on the cycle paths compared to summer months that you'd almost have the whole the whole path to yourself. We sometimes do have um, the occasional traveler that prefers to um, have um, less activity around them and prefer the solitude during the ride. So sometimes we have at end of March travelers. It it's really it really depends on what you are then looking for, and um, but basically it can be arranged all year round. Uh, that sounds that sounds uh, really incredible, and you've definitely uh, inspired me because I know my kids they love they love cycling. It's always like you know, we should look at a cycling holiday. It sounds like if you're a family with, you know, kids that can bike, Germany's a, a great destination. Uh, I want to switch, I want to switch over now to walking. Uh, 
I'm familiar with, you know, the walking in uh, the Bavarian Alps, but I'm interested in, you know, maybe going into a bit more detail there, but also looking at some other places where people probably aren't as familiar of, of the walking in Germany. And uh, I guess maybe for people that haven't, uh, haven't done any walking trips in the, in the Alps, do you want to maybe just share what's on offer there? Germany, when you look at it from a hiking perspective, it is just as varied as the, the cycling infrastructure. So there's really also a great variety for all kinds of purposes, what you're looking into. And the Alps are certainly one of the most well-known hiking areas. Um, they are with, In Germany, they are located towards the south in Bavaria. And you will find really a very unique landscape um, and an alpine landscape with beautiful gorges that you will have to cross during your hike, um, as well as imposing mountain peaks or small and lovely villages that will welcome you. And something our guests are always looking forward is um, what is called a Brotzeit, which is um, really during your uh, during a lunch break, typically you will have a, a traditional Party snack from Bavarian Kitchen, which consists of several local delicacies. And um, this is also always quite enjoyed by our guests. What what type of delicacy? So what would be in that uh, that local that local lunch? Well, depending where you are, because this is also the great thing. It has one name, but every area does it a different way. But usually you will find um, some homemade partially warm still warm bread fresh from the oven butter and several spreads um, as well as um, cheeses or other um, meats that are it is typically a cold platter with a wide variety that you have at your disposal uh, it sounds a bit like in England they have something called the plowman's lunch, which is similar, although it's never fresh, delicious bread. It's usually like, you know, uh, uh, well, sometimes it is now, but, you know, 20 years ago. But, yeah, you get some meats and some vegetables and some spreads. And uh, yeah, after a hard morning walking, it was just like it was my my favorite lunch. So that that sounds incredible uh, to have that. Are there are there long distance paths or like, you know, one week walking paths that you can do in the Alps that are are popular? lots of variety again where you can choose from and they also range in difficulty level but mainly the most offers that are on a higher middle to higher difficulty level though there are some easier ones to do and one of our most popular tours by our guests would be um, um, a circular hiking tour around the Zugspitze which is the highest mountain in Germany with close to 3,000 meters. And um, yeah, so it starts in Garmisch-Partenkirchen and leading around the, um, um, the mountain itself in several stages. And it is really a beautiful landscape that, is, that you have at your disposal, what you will see and very varied also every day. So it's really... Every day you discover something new, something different. And um, that is why our guests really enjoy this version um, in the area. I remember as a kid watching ski races from Garmisch and the scenery just was just spectacular. So I couldn't imagine going there in summer and, and seeing that, you know, without, you know, snow everywhere. Um, are there other parts or what are some other parts of Germany that maybe aren't as well known for walking destinations? 
For us, certainly, because um, it is also like the Elbe, uh, Elbe River is our favorite cycling path. The Elbe Sandstone Mountains is um, our uh, preferred or our favorite hiking area. They are also called Saxon Switzerland, though it has nothing to do with Switzerland itself, but it has been, it has gotten this name um, from two painters who visited the area, painting the landscape and everything, and they were reminded of their own country, Switzerland. And, and so are these, you know, full-on, like, alpine Swiss mountains? No. Okay, so, so, what, so what are they like? Because I was like, I didn't realize there's other uh, big mountain range in Germany. It is more uh, a mid-range, a mid-mountain range. No, it's not comparable, comparable. We do not have anything comparable to the Alps mountains in the remaining parts of Germany. Um, but it is quite a great mix that you can expect here because um, our guests are usually always surprised at the various difficulty levels they can find here um, because it's a it's, it's a great range that you can see. Um, some of the special features that you will find during your daily hikes are ladders up into the mountains, um, also rock steps or stairs. So it is definitely um, a challenge for some, and it is also recommended that you are, it is recommended that you be a well-versed hiker if you are coming to our areas. In this, uh, in the Elba Sandstone Mountains, is this a place where, you know, you're kind of away from it all, that there's, you know, you're in kind of like a forest or a mountainous area without a lot of towns or, or villages nearby, or is it still a place where you can find a village every day to stay in? It is a combination of both. When you are on the path itself, you will be in the forest, in the mountains and off, so to speak, from the villages and towns. But at the end of the day, you will always um, reach a town where you will stay for the night. And it is also a very well-developed infrastructure with public transport that we sometimes include, that if the hike, maybe sometimes it ends before you reach your, your accommodation. So a short bus ride, it's usually five to 10 minute bus ride and then you're there or even a local train runs in the area. And, and are there any prominent, you know, kind of routes or well-known routes within the Elba Sandstone Mountains? There is one that is has become the most famous over the last years, which is um, the Malavik or Painter's Path. Um, you will find, again, with the painters, with this background, you will find wildly rugged cliffs and romantic valleys, valleys as it has been described, which have attracted tourists for centuries. And um, they came here and especially painters visited the area, painting these landscapes, which you can now sometimes even see in museums all over the world. And so they have developed a circular hiking trail um, following in the footsteps of these painters, and it covers a length of 112 kilometers in total. We actually had, it's funny you mentioned the Malerweg, we actually had somebody, uh, one of our uh, contributors did the Malerweg, I think, I think it might have been the fir- during COVID, and she just said it was like, totally exceeded her expectation. She wasn't really sure what to do, but it was, you know, something she was living, she's an American, I think, living in Berlin, and she kept hearing about it. She's like, this was incredible. Um, so, uh, uh, I'm glad to know finally where the Malerweg is now. I can now kind of figure out, okay, now I kind of, kind of get an idea where it is. Uh, uh, that sounds incredible. I know she, she loved it. 
Um, are there other regions people should you know consider if looking at a walking holiday in Germany? One of our other favorite regions would be the Harz Mountains area, which is located in the middle of Germany and is also sometimes called or referred to as the Green Heart of Germany. Um, it is also when looking at the uh, the hiking area in total you have like about 8000 kilometers of trails running through the entire region and um one of the most famous ones that um that has become popular very much for the region is the hard switches trail with around um a length of 100 kilometers and and so the hard Witches Trail sounds sounds a bit spooky. Uh, what's what's the background on that trail? How did it get that name? I think it has a lot to do also with some myths and legends in the area. And um, the funny thing is, you can never miss it because the signpost is um, is a witch actually <laughs> on a green base and a white witch, and um, it is really one of the things that is noticeable for the Harz Mountains area is that all the trails come with a different background story and so the Harz, the Witches Trail also you come across a, a few, around a few legendary places in German folklore where they were suspected for witches worship and everything and people are still like celebrating to this day a witches night and everything in these areas and it is highly popular for visitors from all around the country and even the world to visit these places as well because it has become um, known areas oh that sounds that sounds so cool i didn't i you know i didn't even know about that but it would be fun to kind of go and experience kind of the local culture um what are the harz mountains like is this again is this is this like the elba sandstone mountains uh or is it you know you still have some kind of points where you're kind of on mountains and some in the forest or is the Harz a region mostly forested? Again, it is it is a little bit of everything. You have largely forested area with a, a good combination of mixed and coniferous forests, but you will also then have larger mountains, mountain cliffs, and you will also find um, some remains of... Um, the, the past, the, the mining history that this area was famous for around the 16th and 18th century. So you can still see this with, and you can also still today visit mines in the area. And one, something that is very popular and well-known would also be um, the ascent to the Brocken, which is the largest mountain in the area. And once you are there, you are rewarded with a, a beautiful view in the in the all-around area and then a, a great opportunity is once you are on the mountain you can then use a narrow gauge railway to travel from the Brocken um, then down into some of the bigger cities like for example Wernigerode or something like that for everyone who doesn't want to hike all the way back down <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for a lot of people, going down is like harder than going up because just if you've got bad knees, it hurts so much. So that's an incredible feature because, uh, yeah, if you've got bad knees, going down really, uh, really hurts. Uh, for that witch's trail, is that something, again, that you should be an intermediate or kind of advanced hiker? Or is it suitable for maybe people who, you know, aren't as experienced? 
it is suitable suitable for everybody. Um, in general, we do no matter which path or trail you take, we do recommend that you are um, sure-footed and that you are a little bit experienced in hiking and everything. But you can very well also do the tours if it's your first time, because there's always a, a variety you can choose from. We have some low-level difficulty offers. Or also for someone who wants it to have something more challenging, that is also never a problem to arrange something around that one. So again, a, a good choice for everyone. And then in terms of the time of the year to do these three kind of different regions, are they all kind of the same? Or, um, you know, can you start a bit earlier in the Harz Mountains or the Elba Sandstone Mountains versus the Alps? Well, for the Harz Mountains and Elba Sandstone Mountains, you can, our guests usually travel between April and October. So because from April on, you will have better weather conditions and usually September, October are great hiking months um, in these areas because the climate is more friendly to, um, to a, a hiker Whereas in the Alps, it is a bit restricted, which is usually the season, the hiking season there starts around June. This has been so much information uh, about the opportunities to explore Germany on your foot and your bike. Uh, I want to say thanks for coming on the show today. It's been super, super informational and like really inspiring to see all these different parts of Germany. Thank you for having us. And we have enjoyed also sharing this information with everyone and are looking forward to maybe welcoming a few of you, of the listeners. And definitely. And if you want to get a feel for the different places that we talked about, I'll put links in the show notes so you can kind of see these incredible photos in the landscapes. And actually in the background uh, of, of the call right now, I see all these incredible photos of different parts of Germany and there's castles and, and mountains and lakes and, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people, they think of the big cities, but Germany just has this incredible outdoor infrastructure that is just begging to be ex explored. Um, and so with that, thanks for listening to this episode of the 10 Adventures podcast. We'll be back next week to explore the world and hear about more epic adventures. Listen to other episodes of the 10 Adventures podcast on Amazon Music at amazon.com slash 10adventures.